Hello and welcome to The Book Album, your place for everything related to reading and language. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gens. Now, bookmark that book and let's begin. Dobry večer, dobry den, ja sam Mackenzie Gens. Rada vas prosnavam. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Hello and herzlich willkommen to Instagram Podcast. Today, today is a very different episode. If you have listened to some episodes in the past, 2019, 2020, you will know that we used to do a lot more language type episodes where I would review different languages and learn as much as I could from them in 24 hours. This episode is a spin on that where I learn some Czech, uh, some Czech, I almost said Czechish, which is Czech in German. Um, we'll talk about that. This is Mackenzie from the future talking, and as per normal with these episodes, I am going to be providing some commentary on the things that are going on behind the scenes while I'm recording these little tiny audio bites of amazingness during the day, so the layout of the episode will look a little bit different. I essentially recorded starting, I think, at 11 or 11.30 in the morning, my first exercise that I did for check that day, and then I also did a recording at in the middle of the day and then at the end of the day when I was finishing up some more stuff. Um, you'll hear me mention some things like errands or you know, the amount of English and German that I speak. I will touch on that more with these uh, sort of behind-the-scenes commentary that I'll be providing as future Mackenzie, uh, just because I want to make sure they're as clear as possible throughout the episode. But yes, this is essentially a day in my life of Czech studying. Czech is my third language, but I'll talk more about that as the episode continues. Without further ado, past Mackenzie, please enjoy. I am going to talk about a day in the life of me learning Czech. So this necessarily will be very different. Uh, I have committed already to learning Czech as my third language. My first two languages that I'm fluent in are English and German. Um, and Czech I'm adding on. Um, this I'm very committed to achieving fluency in Czech as well, so um, I might have a little bit more of a intense <laughs> study period or sort of an intense method to learning Czech, but certainly that's because my goals are so lofty with the language. You know, if it was just like some sort of fun language, then I'd probably just learn like the tourist, <laughs> the tourist version of the language, but um, you know, in terms of the utility that I'm hoping to um, get out of my Czech language experience, I just really, I love Czech culture and everything. I'm super interested in Czech history. There's a lot to be learned there and I've only scratched the surface. Um, I think it's fascinating that Germany and Czech Republic as neighboring countries have very little cross-linguistic contact in terms of specifically the Czech language on the German language. There's some, there's some, but you know, not nearly as much, for example, as the German influence on the Czech Republic or, or on Czech in general, or, you know, the cross-linguistic influence between Germany and France. So all that being said, there's just a lot of 
fascinating, valuable things to be learned in this journey of learning Czech. Um, and I think Czech is a beautiful language. Not that that has anything to do with it because that is a, a language ideology. Whenever, whenever, you know, someone says, oh, I think, you know, German language is ugly or something, they're usually saying, that's my impression of the people who speak that language. So I want to be really careful when I say I think Czech is a beautiful language. It's really hard for me to think a language is ugly. <laughs> I think all languages are beautiful. And I think it's uh, really a special opportunity when I get to hear people speaking other languages other than the ones that I know. So, um, you know, disclaimer on that thought, but yeah, I've really enjoyed getting uh, to know the Czech language, Czech culture in the last few months. I am just at the beginning of my language journey with Czech. I definitely need to spend some time in the Czech Republic and to do a couple intensive courses. Um, I've been taking an A1 that's like low beginner, like just out of the gate, learning the alphabet and stuff like that. Um, I've been taking those courses since around November and um, I'm finishing up probably like A1.1 soon um, and I'll be taking those courses. They're not very intense, they're just night courses once a week. Um, yeah, as I go on and I think as I continue to prepare for an intensive course in the summer, my goal is to test into an A2 course in the summer, so like a sort of higher beginner level um, in the summer. So I might need to hire a Czech tutor to also help you know me work through some of my pronunciation problems and things like that um, once a week, but we'll see. But for today, what I will be tracking and sort of like vlogging, but for the podcast, um, is how I'm going to be studying and interacting with the Czech language throughout the day. I might add sort of the things that I do in English versus German as well, because it might be interesting um, to note that I'm learning Czech uh, with other Germans. So my Czech uh like class time is taught in german not in english which is my native language um so yeah it's it's a little bit all my all three of my languages get a lot of interaction every day which is great for me i really enjoy uh living here in germany i really enjoy having all of this linguistic <laughs> experience and um it's been just so so fun and i want to emphasize that even though language learning is really difficult, it's a skill that you have to devote a lot of mental capacity to, certainly. Um, it is just so, so fun and aggravating. Um, so what I'm about to do with my studying right now, um, I will explain where I'm at and what my goals are for today. So my studying for today will be, I will be watching a couple YouTube videos, particularly I want to have a little bit more accent density in my uh, Czech training because I basically have, I go to Czech Stantisch, which is like, um, like a bar night kind of, where like a, a bunch of people from Czech Republic or who are learning Czech meet and they just talk over Czech food, which I think is amazing and it's been really fun. 
Um, so yeah, I've been going to Czech Stammtisch, but like the problem with my Czech accent density is I basically have my one teacher and then my regular people at Stammtisch and many of them are from the same area in the Czech Republic, so I'm not hearing a lot of different accents in my Czech language training, which for me, I study accent differentiation, that's sort of my research interest, um, that is a huge, huge problem. <laughs> so, um, and that will manifest itself later in my language training, and a quick overview of accent differentiation. It just means the quantity and density of accents that you're hearing in the language classroom. So how many accents do you hear? How often? Um, the more accents you hear and the more exposure you have to those different accents, the better your capacity to understand people of different regions, people of uh, different um, linguistic backgrounds with that language, and the better you'll be able to speak that language later on in your language journey. So um, I'm talking about ricochet effects, you know, when I'm completely fluent or pushing that envelope with Czech. Um, and so that's why I'm going to start off my Czech experience today with going through a couple YouTube videos and I'll share and I'll definitely be linking the videos that I'm watching in the show notes at relevanceofliterature.com slash notes for this episode. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I'm gonna get into some of these videos um, and I will check back in, pun intended, <laughs> after I'm done. Alrighty, future Mackenzie here again to comment on that whole little abschnitt that we just had. Um, I did end up just rambling a lot about the Czech language and how I came to it in my own way. When I come to a different language to learn, at least in the cases of German and Czech, it's something that I come to with a lot of different directions in mind. Czech will also be extremely helpful for my work uh, when I finish all of my graduate school endeavors and go to work. That will also be extremely, extremely helpful for me um, if I have German and Czech at a relatively high fluency rate, then I will be able to do a lot more um, work in the direction that I want to do. In terms of my current goals with Czech, as a very beginning learner and I, I have to also take my backgrounds with my other languages into account, but in terms of what I would like to accomplish with my Czech learning, at least this week, next week in the short term, is really hit hard on my vocabulary. I have a pretty meager vocabulary, but it's decent, I will say, for the amount of course time I'm getting and for the amount um, of time that I've actually been spending with Czech, which is again only since November of 2022. It's currently February when I released this episode of 2023. So, you know, that's less than four months of interaction with the Czech language. I probably have a vocabulary of about 100 words plus or minus, and I just wanna really hit hard on that. So I'm working on vocabulary, I'm working on the different genders of nouns specifically, and also, and also whether the 
adjectives are hard or soft. We'll get into that later <laughs> in the episode. And then um, I'm working on the verbs, which ending they have, whether they're regular or irregular, and the different conjugations of those. And then I'm also really needing to work again with this accent differentiation piece on my pronunciation. There are some words like the je in Czech that are really tough for me to pronounce and I just wanna get as much practice in as possible to really do well in pronouncing those. So basically what I'm saying is I just need to spend more time <laughs> studying Czech every day. I think just spending more time with the language will solve a lot of these problems in themselves. And so let's go back to past Mackenzie to see how she did watching that video. Alrighty, it is 30 minutes later. Um, I am losing my voice today because I spoke a lot yesterday. So my voice is a little bit unenthusiastic about all of this, but um, so I'm taking it a little bit easier than I might have otherwise. I listened to a video, a 30 minute video. Um, I skipped through a lot of it because a lot of it was review and some of it was just the person explaining. So I decided, okay, I'm going to listen to the parts where this person is actually pronouncing Czech words rather than explaining in English what's going on. Um, this is a video of Czech basics. Um, it is learn Czech in 30 minutes, all the basics you need. This is basically like tourist Czech, but I'm doing this for a specific reason, <laughs> which is there's two reasons. One reason is I used these videos before in other sort of language experiences. I found that the phrases that they give are really helpful just to get a basic overview of some of the basic grammar, some of the basic insights of the language, basic pronunciation, um, and they don't spoon feed it to you as much as they could. <laughs> and that's what I really like about that is, I'm a linguist, I've learned other languages before, I've had a lot of experiences with Spanish, for example, you know, I'm not, I'm an, I'm an informed student <laughs> when it comes to language learning, so I tend to gravitate towards materials that are aimed for people who understand um, the mechanics of language and are kind of, they have that experience prior to learning a new language. Um, so, you know, as basic as these videos are, I think it's um, a good resource, actually. Um, and I decided to go through this video for the second and probably more important reason, which is that uh, it's basically covering everything I've learned so far in my beginning track course, but in a very quick format, and I get that extra uh, accent differentiation, that extra accent value in there, of this uh, new speaker, not my teacher, not someone at the Stamtisch, um, you know, someone that's new in my Czech language environment, which is great. I got to hear a different accent um, and kind of interact with that a little bit. And I will talk to you guys about some stuff that I learned. I totally forgot to introduce this video in Czech, by the way. Um, I don't know how to do that in Czech. I would have to look it up in a dictionary to see how, if I could <laughs> figure that out. Um, but I can say, Dobry večer, dobry den, ja sem Mackenzie Gens, 
rada vas prosnavam, um, which is, you know, good evening, how's it going? Um, this is formal, so no how's it going. Good evening, my name is Mackenzie Gens. Um, it's nice to meet you, tiashime. Um, that's uh, also a way to say, um, in German it would be like ich freue mich, uh, I'm glad to meet you. Um, so there's, you know, we went through some of those introductions. If you wanted to do informal, for example, you could say ahoy, Yasen Mackenzie, um, or you could also say ciao, Yasen Mackenzie. So hello or hi, my name's Mackenzie. Um, and then you would have to use the informal version, which uses tie instead of vas. Um, rada tie posnavam. Um, or posnavam, probably. Um, and then if you were a male speaker, you would say rad tie posnavam. Um, so, a couple things to break down in these short introductions. These are things I already knew in Czech. Um, we in class would use Cieszymie most often. Um, a couple things I've learned about the pronunciation in Czech is that the stress is always on the first syllable of the word which is very, very difficult for me as an English speaker. We've got stress all over the place. We've got final syllable stress, middle syllable stress, like <laughs> it's just, it's all over the place. We have word initial stress, but it's not very often in English. Um, so for words like Schledano, I wanna go Schledano instead of Schledano. Um, so if you say na Schledano, it's uh, goodbye. But it's just really tough for me to put the stress on the word initial of every word. Um, so that's something that I'm definitely working on. Um, you know, we in this video, we're going through a lot of, again, basics, things that I already know, things that I'm just practicing. But it was really nice to be able to just sit in front of the video and kind of talk to myself, talk to this woman who's the curator. Um, in Czech and to sort of practice all these basic things. Um, other things that, you know, we reviewed in Czech. Um, uh, someone asks me, Muvite Italski, which means, do you speak Italian formal? Um, I could say, Ne, ne muvim Italski. I could say, um, if someone asks me, Prominte, uh, prominte, mluvite um, spanishki, for example, I could say trochu, which means I speak a little bit of Spanish. So, you know, getting through some of those basics, I really wanted to also pay attention to word order in this video, and I learned some things actually about the grammar that I hadn't picked up on in class, which I am really grateful for. Um, so, for example, um, this yetadi phrase is used a lot in conjunction, so that's a word order thing that I've got to keep in mind when I'm producing my own sentences in Czech, is it's not tadi ye, it's yetadi. Um, also when someone says prosim vas or, or uh, prosim tje, um, that is in the accusative, so um, we're 
asking um, you, and you is in the accusative, not the nominative, not the dative case. So that is important to remember. Um, whereas if I say thank you, it would be vam, and that is in the dative case. So we've got V, so V is the formal U in Czech, it is the nominative, V, nominative, and then VAS is the accusative case for V, and then VAM is the dative case for V. So Czech has seven cases, there's nominative, genitive, dative, accusative, vocative, locative, and instrumental. <clears throat> My voice, okay. <laughs> and that is sort of, that's also something to be aware of. Um, German, for example, has four cases, nominative, accusative, dative, genitive. Um, English has these cases, some of them are kind of invisibly um, reproduced in the language, so like you don't have case markers that say like, when I say, for example, you are 17, you is the subject of that sentence, so you is in the nominative case, whereas if I say, I love you, I is the subject that's nominative, and then you is the accusative object of that subject's love. Um, so, you know, if I say I love you again, I is the nominative, you is the accusative, but you in either sentence, even though it has different forms, doesn't change. And that is something um, that in other languages would change. So, for example, in German, um, you would say, um, Du bist 17 Jahre alt. You are 17 years old. That's the nominative case. Du is you, informal. And then in German, you would say ich liebe dich, which means I, nominative, love you, accusative. So du becomes dich in that second sentence. And same thing here um, in Czech, we're having a difference between. Uh, v, which is the formal U, so I guess V is like Z in German, and then Was and Van, which are these different forms that come up depending on which subject status the, no the noun has, that pronoun has. Uh, other things I learned in this video, um, I've been putting off learning like 11 and 12 and so on for a couple weeks now. So we went over that in the video and I'm pretty grateful for that. Um, so um, I learned jedenatst, dvanatst, chinatst, chitnatst. This one is really hard. Number four for me, it's chichli, uh, I think. Um, but it's really really stupidly hard for me to pronounce so that's something that I'm gonna have to keep watching videos about and keep practicing um, and the way I would do that probably is to break up each individual sound so we've got sh sh sh, that kind of like shush sound um, and then we've got ta ta and then um, e e e and then g g um, which I'm using these sounds in conjunction with the vowels so that you can hear them because a lot of them are devoiced so they don't have the vocal cords and it's really hard to hear them over a recording. Um, but yeah, so four, stigi or stigi, I think. Yeah, that's a really, really tough sound for me. Um, there's a sound in Czech that we don't have in English, it's not in German, it's a really cool but rare sound in languages. 
um, it's a rolled R with a fricative in the throat. So it's like the um, and that's really hard. I can produce it, so I have no problems rolling my R's. I have no problems producing that fricative. Um, but the problem is, is uh, it's really hard for me to produce quickly. And in Stige, it's really quick. Um, I can't roll an R that quick, you know, so I have to figure out how to create a sound that's close enough to that sound where I can produce it and people will understand me. Um, you know, and it's a sound that's like remotely close. <laughs> so that's been my like, that's been something that I've been practicing at home, which is just like, <laughs> you know, using that sound and then trying to do it quicker and quicker so that I can embed it into the context of a word. Um, and then other things that we did in the video, just sort of review again, um, nothing too crazy. Um, so now my task is I'm going to run some errands. Um, I need to take a walk and just kind of think through all these check sounds and take a break a little bit. Um, and then after my errands, I've got some German work to do. I have uh, some final papers to get started on. So I will check in at the end of the day when I do my second little study pocket for check. I'm going to be creating some quizlets for my uh, Czech study. I've, I'll go over why I'm creating the quizlets and everything um, because I decided to change my study method kind of last minute. So um, yeah, I'll be going over some of those quizlets and what I'm doing and how I'm going to be using them uh, in the evening portion of this video. Thank you. See you in the evening. Hello and welcome back today or right now rather will be our last check-in for the day talking about learning check and how much check i can learn in a day slash what my relatively typical study routine looks like for learning check as my third language i definitely have to approach check in a different way than i approached german for one thing, I'm in a completely, not completely, but very different stage of life as when I learned German. So, you know, for example, when I was starting to learn German, I was a freshman in undergrad at Northwestern and I had, I didn't have a ton of time. I was doing my um, dual degree program with music and linguistics, um, but I still had, I felt like the structure that the program offers or offered at that time really afforded me um, some good study time. I also had German classes every single morning, except for Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays. So four days a week of class, that was really, really helpful for me to just have that regularity, that constant practice. There was a house of garden every day in the German class. Um, and it was just a super great class. Um, I can't um, emphasize enough uh, that a lot, I, have, I of course did the work. I learned the language, you know, I was doing a lot of studying outside of class and I was practicing literally every single chance I got. If I found someone on campus who spoke German, I would speak German with them, <laughs> even at like A1 level. <laughs> even at, when I was a very complete beginner, I was just so, um, and passion by learning the language and having that 
part of me expand and expand every day, you know, um, but I can't emphasize enough how instrumental those classes were to helping me get through those levels. Um, just to give you an idea of how effective that schedule was for me when I was learning German. Um, I started learning German in late September, early October of 2018. By the time I left for Berlin in June 2019, I was a B1 level or a lower intermediate level. So I got through the whole of the beginning language courses um, and I was starting to become conversational. I had a ton of vocab. I was, you know, getting around with the prepositions and the crazy German grammar um, and stuff like that. So I really did learn a lot. And those courses were, again, very instrumental to my journey in German. You know, that being said, right now, I, as a graduate student, I may have more quote unquote free time or outside of class time, but that definitely does not equivalent equival or that does not equate having more um, time in general. There's a lot more uh, self-guided work or assignments or classes that are self-guided. Um, so the time definitely equals out, but I don't have that um, regimented schedule. I don't have that structure anymore. So it's up to me to structure. Um, and that's been something that I've been still working on. Um, even though I've been in grad school since October of 2022, um, it's just been still a really new skill for me to have to structure my time uh, myself rather than have that time be structured for me by a school system, by music, by orchestra, um, all of that. So, you know, that those are some factors that definitely contribute to the way that I learn Czech differently. Um, in addition to that lifestyle change or just being in a different place in my life, um, the way that the Czech language is, <laughs> just, you know, the characteristics of the language, they're different from the characteristics of German. And coming from English to Czech, coming from German to Czech, um, that's not, it's, it's a really, this is a really fine line. Um, I don't want to get into linguistic distance, which is something that, um, like other theories of linguistic determinism and things like that are just very questionable um, in linguistics. So I'm not going to get, you know, political and get into the linguistic distance thing, which basically says that there's a distance between certain languages. So, you know, English to Chinese is a lot harder to bridge between uh, Chinese and Japanese, for example. Um, so I'm not going to get into that because that's, that can get pretty political pretty quickly. But um, as an English speaker, I have different disadvantages learning Czech as I did when I learned German. Um, one of them particularly is these new, <laughs> these new letters, these new sounds, like the zh, um, that the sh, <laughs> it's, it's really hard for me to pronounce. Um, but yeah, the that one, it's it's an R with a haken on it, so it has a little upside down triangle thing on it. Um, that letter, that um, phoneme, in other words, is something that's completely new to me as an English speaker, completely new to me as a German speaker. You know, it comes with just certain disadvantages. The way that I think about language from my, you know, my linguistic baggage of English and German is different than if I was a Russian speaker trying to learn Czech. 
So that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not going to talk about linguistic distance. Again, very political. I'm not going to touch that. But the way that I learn Czech, ha knowing that I have these disadvantages, these particular disadvantages as, a, um, as an English and a German speaker, is different than the way I would approach it if I had a different linguistic background. Um, that also doesn't mean that I'm not, that I'm ignoring my advantages, right? So I have, I have a lot of advantages, um, especially because of my knowledge of linguistics, my knowledge of language learning and the language learning process. And as well, um, there is uh, linguistic research behind the notion that every language you learn gets easier and easier. So my third language should be theoretically easier to learn than my second language. <laughs> we will see about that. There's a lot of different factors, of course, that you can't control for in a linguistic study, um, even a long-term one, um, and especially a long-term one, like the one that I'm thinking of in my head. But needless to say, you know, there's I have some advantages that I am taking <laughs> into account as well. Um, but all of that is to say that I'm studying Czech differently than I'm studying German because Czech is not German. And now I'm a bilingual speaker learning a third language rather than a monolingual speaker learning a second language. Um, so in terms of how the Czech language is structured, like I said, there's the seven different grammatical cases. So that's something to keep in mind. There's also, as there is in German, there's um, feminine, masculine, and neutral nouns. <laughs> so, for example, um, der Löffel, die Gabel, das Messer. That's like the classic der, die, das. Der is masculine, die is feminine, das is neuter or neutral or neutrum. Um, so there's essentially nouns have genders like in Spanish, el libro, um, el mapa, you know, uh, there's a law in there somewhere, um, you know, so el versus law in Spanish, that's masculine versus feminine. Um, German and Czech happen to have three genders, which is totally fine. I don't see it as an inconvenience to learn another gender, that's just my opinion. Um, from my experience as a language learner, it just is what it is. Um, so Czech has three, like I said. In German, I learned words by category, um, and I started to try to learn Czech words by category as well, but they didn't, it didn't work as well for me um, in the first couple months. So I'm going to try a different way, and if that doesn't work, I'm going to go back to category learning and see if I can, you know, modify that to fit my needs a little bit better. Um, the one thing I know is that the best way to learn vocabulary is to learn it within a context, to learn it within an experience. Um, and so I do think it's important to separate vocabulary by theme, no matter what it is. So um, I'll give you an example of what I've been doing. So with these nouns, in German, what I did is I would say, okay, we're going to have a category the classroom, <laughs> you know, um, we're going to have a category like classroom utensils, you know, you can get as specific or as broad as you would like. And then I would say, okay, I'm going to learn this entire vocabulary set at once. But I had um, a method that I use called the Superman method, where 
I went in and there was a character for Dare, which was Superman. There was a character for D, I used Lady Gaga. And there's a character for Das, I used the Space Baby from 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> because Das Baby is like one of the first, you know, Das words you learn in German. Um, so every week I would have my vocabulary set by category, right? You know, so let's just say it's the classroom for right now. Um, and I would say, okay, I've got a list of dare words. I've got a list of D words. I've got a list of das words. Um, and so what I'm going to do is in my head, I'm going to imagine the dare words connected with Superman, the das words connected with this space baby and the D words connected with Lady Gaga. I'll give you a, like a general example of that. The dare words with Superman, um, for example, der Schrank, which means like the cupboard or also it could be the closet, like a wardrobe sort of closet. Der Einbauschrank, this like um, the built-in closets that we have in the US. Um, so that might be in a classroom, I don't know. <laughs> Der Tisch, the table, could also be there. So I'd be like, okay, Superman sitting on a table inside of a wardrobe. That's what I would picture. And I would just keep repeating that image over and over until I really got it. And it was really specific. I would imagine like the material of the table, the colors of everything. I would imagine him like touching the table in a certain way. I would imagine like him laying in a ridiculous posture on the table, like whatever it took to memorize these words. And I would keep adding things one by one. Sort of like when you have to memorize a poem, you do it line by line. I did the same thing, vocabulary word by vocabulary word. For dare, and then that room was done. For D, detour, for example. Um, you know, I just add and I would say, okay, Lady Gaga's crazy, so I would bedazzle the door. <laughs> it was like one of the first exercises I did, I remember. The door of our German classroom was totally bedazzled. It was amazing. Um, and then, you know, I had, um, like I would just add random words, <laughs> honestly um with this lady gaga figure and then that would be done for the das i would use das simmer which is the room in german you know so i would just imagine like a small room enclosed i would picture what color the carpet was how many windows and doors it had you know i'd put das pferd in the zimmer which is a horse so a horse in the middle of the room right with the space baby in it so the space baby's like riding the horse floating around the horse doesn't matter um, das Fenster, right? So the room doesn't have any doors because the doors are D, but it does have a Fenster. <laughs> it could have many Fenster if I really wanted it to, um, because Das Fenster is a, a neuter or a neutral word, so it can have a window. Um, then I put like Das Gift in there, which is poison. <laughs> I remember when I was memorizing all these random words, I put the poison like bubbling up like a witch's cauldron underneath the horse and then the space baby like floating above the horse in this room with the windows. <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine it was very time consuming. That's the um, immediate drawback of this method. But it, for me, it was very effective in learning <laughs> these um, articles. I practice the articles regularly still. Um, as a second language learner, in my opinion, it behooves me <laughs> to practice these basics of language. I think, you know, similarly to playing the oboe, um, the first thing I do every day is practice basics.
you know, I that's maybe is not a uh, popular thing among some professionals in the fields. Um, I've gotten very mixed things about from people. So some people, there's a field of people who really love practicing basics every day in the oboe profession but there's also people who just don't have time for it because of the amount of music they're preparing um, and I definitely fall in the camp I think it's extremely important to have your basics solid and to keep sustaining those and to keep reinforcing those and I do the same exact thing with my language I still practice German articles if I'm not sure I have a list of articles going on in my head all day long um, sometimes I write it out sometimes I don't and I check the articles and I practice them throughout the week after that day that I have that I'm thinking about those articles. So with Czech, it's going to be a little different. Um, what I'm going to do is learn them in terms of their article. Um, so what's great about the Czech language is that <laughs> there, there's, you know, German, there are patterns that you can learn, but the patterns are never going to be 100%. Um, you know, I think the words for example in german that end in ung the suffix ung um so die wohnung um for example means the apartment most of those words like 70 percent maybe 80 percent um are going to be feminine words die wohnung uh whereas there's that chunk there that aren't <laughs> feminine words um check is that way but you can also most of the time 80% of the time, from what I am understanding in class, um, you can tell by the ending of the word. Um, so for example, I've got some neutral nouns. If it ends with an O, um, it's pretty much gonna be um, a neuter noun. So vino, der Wein, or the wine in Czech, or pivo, uh, which is beer in Czech, or... Um, Pero, which is um, like a pen, der Stift, or like kind of an overarching category noun for pen or writing utensils. Um, you know, those are all going to be neutral nouns, you know, and, and feminine and masculine, masculine nouns in Czech usually end with a consonant, like a hard consonant. So, ka or l, um, one of those feminine nouns. A little different. I think they end. Don't quote me here, but I think they end um, in a um, flashka, for example, which means bottle in Czech, or kniha, which means book. Those are feminine nouns. Um, so again, I'm actually gonna separate these nouns when I learn um, Czech moving forward, at least for the next few weeks and see how it goes. I'm going to learn these nouns only based in their genders because I have learned the nouns, but I have not learned their genders. And that can be quite problematic um, when you get later on in your journey as well. So I definitely have these long-term goals with it in mind. Um, so I'm going to really focus on these gendered um, things with these nouns. So what I'm going to do, I have already made these quizlets. I've started to make them at least. I've gotten a good start, but I haven't made all of them because there are a lot, but I'll explain the different types of quizlets I'm going to make for myself and I'll explain that for you. Um, so in terms of the quizlets, I used 
I use Quizlet a lot. I have since I was in high school. Um, I use it for every subject imaginable. Um, I think it's really, really, it's become really instrumental to the way that I practice things. Um, and I use physical flashcards as well. So my flashcard usage, my practice is not limited to Quizlet by any means, but it's one tool of many that I have in my toolkit. So in terms of the learn sets that I'm going to establish on Quizlet for check, I am going to separate all of the nouns into three different learn sets. One is feminine, one is masculine, one is neutral noun. So three learn sets for nouns, and I'm doing just like everything. The way that I'll order them is I'll do by uh, topic or by theme. So again, similar to the German, have like all of the um, words around time that are neutral in the first part of the learn set, and then all the uh, vocabulary that is stuff vocabulary, house vocabulary in the second, and then, you know, um, types of buildings, types of professions, then the third. So they're going to be organized in a very systematic way, but the learn sets themselves won't be by category as they were when I learned German. And that is because, again, I need to have a more specific focus on the gender of these nouns. I'm also going to set up my verb quizlets differently. So in German, you have this one table that you memorize. Um, I'll just put gehen as our example. So to go, right? So I go, you go, he go, he goes, she goes, it goes, we go, they go, etc, etc. <laughs> Um, and then there's, you know, one chart for past tense, one for future, and then there's uh, present perfect and all the fancy ones. In German it's the same way. So, ich gehe, du gehst, er sie es geht, um, what's the next one? Wir gehen, <laughs> sie gehen, uh, ihr geht. So, you know, this, that was the wrong order probably of those pronouns, but you know, you get what I mean. There's one chart and there's one conjugation for all verbs. There are some irregular verbs, right? So in English, we've got some verbs that are conjugated differently. That doesn't have like that like regular, beautiful structure that most words have, most verbs have. Um, there's just random ones. Sometimes like if there's a T at the end of the verb, it's really tough to conjugate, like Arbeiten which means to work in German, you have, instead of saying ich arbeite, like to eliminate the T, ich arbeite, and then when it's in the past tense, ich arbeite, um, so that like simple past looks a little different than gehen, so this, you know, there's the irregularities of language, is all I'm trying to illustrate. Verbs in Czech. There are five different verb charts to memorize instead of well one plus the regular verbs so what i'm going to do there's three main verb charts there's at uh, verbs that end in at there's verbs that end in et it or yet um that's the second verb chart and then there's the ui verbs that end in obat which are basically fremdwörter they're like foreign words um international words that end in obat in the czech language and then there's a couple verbs like yeet or yet, which uh, are the verbs for to go or uh, to drive. Those are verbs that are conjugated differently. They're irregular. There's also a couple verbs um, 
like the verb for to eat in Czech. Um, there are a couple others, maybe to sleep, eat, yeah, something like this. Um, those are going to be also irregular, they're going to be conjugated differently, so the last two verb categories for conjugation are going to be one Quizlet set for now because we're not advanced enough yet <laughs> to get into those special verbs, but I'm going to keep them in there for now and I can split them into the last two verb learn sets. So like I said, I'm going to have three verb sets for er, three learn sets for nouns and four learn sets for now for verbs, hopefully five when I get advanced enough. I'm going to have one learn set for sentences, i.e. chunks. So for example, when you ask for directions in Czech, you say Dobrý den, prosím vás, nevíte, and then you ask your question, kde je something. So, so kde je um, stanice, where is the station, <laughs> you know, association. You could say, um, you know, is the station near here? You know, there's, so there's just these phrases that you memorize and there are certain things that I want to consciously memorize as a phrase um, and that's going to be in my chunks learn set on Quizlet. So I'm going to have one for just phrases. So these will be like good evening, good morning, um, you know, the four or five different ways to say hello and goodbye. It could be, you know, my name is Yasem McKenzie. Um, it could be um, introductions, like introducing myself and then saying at the end um, Prominte or something like that, you know, just like saying like nice to meet you, all that. Um, so that'll be for my chunks. There's going to be two learn sets for adjectives. One adjective type in Czech are the hard adjectives that end in Y and in E. Um, and then there's one learn set for the soft adjectives that end in I with uh, an accent, so E again. The pronunciation is very similar between E and E. Um, it just changes the pronunciation of the consonant before. So it's me versus me. Um, if you can hear that difference. Um, and then there's going to be another final learn set for adverbs and other word types of words. So these are our uh, non-quantifiable nouns like that. Or sorry, that's not a non-quantifiable noun. What am I talking about? <laughs> our dictics like that. Um, articles, um, the uh, a or an, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the plan for now is um, to make these sort of involved quizlets. Um, that's going to give me an opportunity. We just finished a round of classes, so we're starting a new um, class semester next week. That's going to help me just kind of have a breather and review everything as well. So in making these quizlets, I hope to do a lot of studying. What I'll do moving forward after I've created all these and gone through all the information, all the words and everything once more, um, I'm going to do two or three Quizlets a day and just go through. I never use the learn function on Quizlet because I think I should just learn it as I go. <laughs> um, so I just, I just test myself over and over again and I have to write in the answers. Like I said, I'm learning Czech from the perspective of German, so... Um, 
you know, my classmates are, most of them are German, um, by birth, so it's like, you know, they speak German and they, we have our, um, instructions in German and everything, um, so I'm having all of my flashcards with the Czech word and then the German word, um, which is fine. Like I said, I'm completely fluent in German. All my learning nowadays is in German, so um, it's actually quite interesting <laughs> this lear learning experiment. Um, you know, seeing like how it goes learning a third language from the perspective of the second language, whether that's better. Um, so yeah. Uh, that, I think, is all I have for you all today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These are definitely a lot more involved for me to put together because of the multiple recordings throughout the day and everything. Um, you know, studying Czech, learning Czech is not the only thing I have on my plate these days. I'm finishing my novel and in the last 20,000 words of my novel. It's crazy. Um, I've written 65,000 words so far. I think it'll probably be around 80 or 85,000. Um, maybe, you know, top 90,000 words. Not sure yet. Um, so, you know, writing a novel takes a lot of work. <laughs> and then I've got also my master's studies. My finals are coming up soon. Um, so yeah, it's been a really awesome opportunity to be here in the United States to learn Czech. And um, it's been awesome to make that time every day to study. This is just a, you know, blink of an eye in terms of what it takes to learn a third language. I hope you all can have a sense of that by the amount of intention that I'm putting into it. Um, you know, I disagree with the sentiment that some people are better at learning languages than others. Um, I just think that everyone has their own advantages and disadvantages. I might have learned German very quickly, but again, you know, whether or not I have that quote-unquote natural aptitude that probably doesn't exist for learning a language. Um, you know, I worked <laughs> really hard on it um, to learn it and I had so much exposure to it thanks to the um, course system at Northwestern. So, you know, it was um, definitely an experience that I'm going to take with me and, you know, have in my back pocket as I learn Czech. But I also know that this experience learning Czech will necessarily be different. Um, so I hope to see you again on our next Czech learning episode. I don't know when that will be, but we'll have some updates, I'm sure, especially if I um, do that intensive course that I've been planning on. I'm super grateful for y'all's support, that you listen, that you engage with us. Keep track of those show notes at relevanceofliterature.com slash notes. Those are some really interesting resources. Everything I talked about today will be um, in that show notes document on the website. So if you have any questions or anything, you can also leave comments there. And I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.